Welcome back to episode 194 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are doing a replay of an Ask Me Anything session on enclosureless dust collectors from the Dust Safety Academy. And we are doing that with Niels Peterson, Senior Application Engineer at Netterman. So we have a, a number of questions recently through our help desk ticketing system and through Dust Safety Professionals on enclosureless dust collectors, EDCs. And several of them, we pointed back to this Ask Me Anything session we had done inside the Dust Safety Academy a couple of years ago. It was originally published on October 8th, 2020. This was at a time when every, I think every two weeks, actually, we were doing trainings and Ask Me Anything sessions inside the Dust Safety Academy at dustsafetyacademy.com. We got a lot of really good information put together on different topics, very specific applications, some very general fundamental stuff. One of those specific applications was this enclosureless dust collection systems. So instead of just trying to keep point people back to the, the findings and the outcomes of this interview, we thought it'd be really nice to actually just to publish this on the Dust Safety Science podcast so that all the audience can get this information. And we're getting these questions through the help desk ticketing system on enclosures, dust collection systems. There's a good question. You're experiencing difficulties in understanding, using, working with these systems in industry as well as a listener of the podcast. So we'd like to play that out. So in the interview, we have Niels Peterson, Senior Application Engineer at Netterman, based out of North Carolina. He has over 4D years of experience, not four. It kind of sounds like I say four in the introduction to the, the Ask Me Anything session, but over 40 years. And he's been the regional combustible dust expert there at Netterman for over, over 15 years now. So he has a ton of experience in dust collection systems, kind of experience in closureless dust collectors, and a ton of experience in combustible dust as well. In today's episode of the podcast, we're going to play through this first, the first half of this Ask Me Anything session, where I cover what is an enclosureless dust collector, an EDC, what industries are they typically used in? What kind of limits of applicability do they have? That's one of the things I really liked about doing this Ask Me Anything session with Niels is that he was very honest and open about when enclosure of dust collectors should and shouldn't be used. We're going to start to get into, in this episode, a couple other topics from the Q&A, using multiple EDCs together, use of sprinkler systems, a little bit on fan requirements, and a little bit on NFPA requirements as well that we, we close off this session with today. Next week on the podcast, we're going to come back and play the second half of this Ask Me Anything session, where we go deeper into the Q&A with Niels. So without further ado then, we'll get into today's session again, which is a replay from the Dust Safety Academy, Ask Me Anything on Enclosures Dust Collectors with Niels Peterson from Netterman. So this is an Ask Me Anything session inside the Dust Safety Academy. We are talking about enclosureless dust collection systems, and we have on Niels Peterson, Senior Application Engineer for Netterman, based on North Carolina. Niels, thanks for coming on into the academy and doing this Ask Me Anything session today. You're very welcome. Really excited. This is a topic that I've been asked a lot of questions about. I'm sure Niels has been asked a lot of questions about. Something we found some through some research that we've done that has had some gaps in, in understanding. Uh, so I think it's a really important area to, to focus on in these Ask Me Anything sessions. Niels has, I'm going to say, at least 40 years experience in filtration and dust collection. He, he can correct us. It may, may even be uh, longer than that. He's a leading expert in combustible dust. He's a principal member of NFPA 652 and 654. Um, he's presented at the Digital Dust Safety Conference on these NFPA standards before on applications and designs. He's, he's extremely knowledgeable and has been around a lot of these systems throughout his career. Uh, today's topic, we're talking about enclosureless dust collection systems. I'll let Neil get into talk about what those are and what they aren't, what their advantages are, what their limitations are, how they can be used correctly, how they can be used incorrectly. 
I'm sure by then we'll have some questions to uh, also be answered. And we had a couple come in through email beforehand as well. So Niels, maybe just to, to jump right in, can you just give us a, a definition or describe generally what is an enclosureless dust collector? Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Chris, for putting this on. And you are right, a lot of questions about uh, this product out there. So the, the big thing about an enclosureless dust collector is what it says. It's not enclosed. And the enclosed part is the filter media. Of course, you have uh, containers that, that receive the dust, but the actual filter media is not enclosed. The also requirement is that the dust will be accumulating on the inside of the filter media. Typically, the enclosure's dust collector has a fan coupled directly to the plenum of the system. Okay, so a lot of people want to think dust collectors might think a bag house, which is an enclosure that has the the bags in it or the, the socks, um, and then a system to draw air through that, through ducting. In this mm -hmm. case, there just isn't the enclosure and the, the bags are, are freestanding in, in some sort of structure. Is that right? Yes. So, so the, you know, there's uh, two configurations. Uh, basically, you will have the inlet plenum below the bags, and so the bag will be, have to be held in place in an upright from a, some kind of a simple structure, but without any, any sides of that structure. Another uh, design has a, a plenum at the top, and then having the uh, kind of the collection bags and the filter media be the same thing hanging down from this uh, plenum there. Okay, and, and what I think we'll get into, you know, the different types of industries, what are the common industries that we would use these type of systems in, or that you see them being used in? Yeah, so I think that one, one more thing that is important uh, to talk about is the size uh, capacity would allowed for this type of collector. And the maximum is 5,000 CFM. And so it is meant to handle generally smaller application, smaller flows, preferably a little larger chips, for instance, saws and things like that that you, you were working with. So the original, let us say, the, the time that this product was entered into NFPA 664, which is a woodworking standard, actually was in, back in 2002. And the purpose of that was to look at how can we allow a collector that is not too, uh, let us say, complicated put up to allow for these smaller operations. I mean, the unfortunate part when you develop these standards, you're dealing with the mom and pop shop and you're dealing with the DuPont plants or the sugar plants and so on. So there's such a wide variety there. And a lot of times the smaller shop is faced with the safety devices that's required for the DuPont size plant. So a group of people in the, in the committee at that time decided, hey, that we need to come up with something that is affordable and practical and still reasonably safe to the small operations. So, so that's how that actually was developed and came in. Then back, I think in 2012 or 14, I can't remember the exact time, the enclosures doctor was included in the, in the 654 as well, with, with some few additional limitations. Yeah, as that was a question that came in almost right away. Can these systems be used in non-wood handling materials that aren't wood as well? First of all, 
with any of the applications where you're using a closeless dust collector, you cannot hook it up to machines that develop sparks or are likely to develop sparks. So that means any kind of metals, any kind of grinding, anything that potentially can generate sparks, they should never be used. And it's specifically outlined that sanders, abrasive planers uh, should not be used. So, so that, that's the first thing to look at. What is it you hook it up to? So therefore, it cannot be used for any kind of equipment in your plant. If you have a sander, you need to have a, a dust collector that is fully protected because you're suddenly dealing with all these very fine dust particles. And the finer the dust is, the greater chance for a more violent uh, deflagration than maybe even in a, an explosion. So, so that's the reason for you looking at that. The other one in the NFP 64 is uh, not to use on molders. And the big reason for that is that molders generate so much waste. This one here is not for production type line. It is to take small amount of dust and, and collect that. In the 654, uh, there's actually a limitation of 10 kilograms or 22 pounds of dust to be collected in the collector at whatever time, and you will have to empty them in between that. So it is all small amount, fine dust, I mean, low amount of dust load that you were talking about. Yeah, thank you for that. And I just want to reiterate a point. So it is in, in NFPA 664, which would be the wood applications, but enclosures dust collectors and their use is also covered. And you said this in NFPA 654, which would, if you're outside of a woodworking industry, that would be the standard to look for for these types of systems and how to end the requirements on them. Yes. Um, you mentioned, uh, oh, go ahead, Niels. No, no, I, I was also going to say, of course, it's, it's in the 484, it is not allowed there. It's a metal dust that you're dealing with there, and it's a whole different ballgame to deal with that. On the 61, it has not been addressed there, so I, I don't know really what the situation is there. I don't know where that standard that works. Okay, perfect. We have a question here about, I'm trying to do the general questions, and I think we'll work into some of the specific questions. We have questions on you know, fan placement and some very specific things. I'm going to work big scope and then we'll work our way into some of the details. So in terms of the bigger questions, I have a question on what about the filter media is partially enclosed and what criteria or percentage would be include would be called enclosureless. And we've had this question, I think previously on other trainings where, you know, is it, is it one side open? Is it four sides open? Is it 2.2 sides open? How do you, is there, a, is there a definition on that or how would you define it? No, I mean, it's basically say it's not enclosed in a container. That's how the definition is. Uh, and, uh, but, but I mean, the more you restrict, you know, the more closer you get to an enclosure. And, and so I would uh, say that there's not a specific, I mean, this is the definition, not in a container is what they're saying. Practically, it needs to have space on the side. So there's... Uh, no, no chance for any kind of pressure build up should something happen. This brings up, and that was the key word I was going to say there at the end, no pressure build up. So the, the definition I would use, this is my definition, not NFPA or anyone else, but the enclosure is such that you don't have any increase from ambient pressure if you were to have a deflagration in the, mm -hmm. 
equipment. Now that's not very helpful because you'd have to have a deflagration equipment to be able to tell that, but it does tell you sort of what you're looking at. It does bring into play some things that you and I were talking about before. And like, you shouldn't take the enclosure stocks collector and put it in a really small room <laughs> because then you just have a slightly bigger bag hose. Yeah. Uh, do you have any comments on that on, you know, placing them too close to a wall or placing them in a really small room or uh, have you, have you seen issues? I mean, it, it certainly it depends on the design of the collector. Uh, but I would say again, because of the size of the limitation for 5,000 uh, CFM, I, I don't know that if there's just a reasonable distance, uh, uh, you know, if it's starting closing on three sides, I, I, we're starting getting trouble here. Uh, putting in the corner, I don't know how much that really practically does because you're dealing with, uh, again, a, a small flow, a small amount of, of flow and also, of course, a small amount of uh, combustible materials that, that is going to accumulate. And I think we already answered this, but I'll ask the question anyway. Would the 5,000 CFM criteria limit the applicability to only simple operations? And they ask, like grinders and sanders and saws, and, and I'll, I'll just emphasize that. It does say specifically you can't use them on sanders because of the, the likelihood of having ignition sources being entrained. Any other comments on that, Neil? No, it, it is, is again, it, it's competent igniters that we're looking for uh, as long as the system uh, that it's all the, the equipment ping up for is uh, clear of, uh, uh, I mean, anything can happen any place with Murphy's Law, but, uh, you know, you shouldn't have it on anything that on a regular basis have a chance of, of generating any kind of blowing impulse or sparks or anything like that. Okay. Keep the questions coming. Um, they're very good. I am trying to keep up and we do have a good number of them. So we will, one, we're going to fill this hour worth of time. That's not going to be a challenge. <laughs> but two, if we don't get to any questions, we will post them inside the Dust Safety Academy with this recording um, and we'll, we'll make sure that uh, Niels can go in and, and answer those as well. So keep them coming. I'll keep my, my frantic hands <laughs> organizing. There is a, I, I think, so I have a couple of specific questions here, but one that, that we had emailed in beforehand and then somebody's mentioned with UK regulations. This is around the exhaust from an enclosureless dust collector. Are there any challenges with you know that having really small particulate matter from a breathability standpoint? And this, the gentleman that submitted a question here today specifically mentioned the UK regulations regarding airborne particulates. Is that something that comes up in discussion of these types of systems? It uh, typically doesn't come up. I mean, one of the things in a way that uh, the, the one of the other requirements for uh, an enclosure dust collector that it cannot have a shakedown mechanism or pulse mechanism that is in operation. So it really means that the there's a some amount of dust that is building up on the inside of the bags, and there's some that's that is going to reduce the performance of it. Typically, it's not really that much, but it is really a good thing that you have a dust cake on the inside because if anybody has really been looking into uh, filtration efficiencies you have on the filters when it's new it needs a certain amount of dust to build up on the inside in order to assist the capturing of the fine particles that eventually agglomerates on it when there's a much and if there's fairly reasonable design the system here the the these this will fall off even by itself without shaking so okay yeah good good points there i guess the the summary of that might be 
you know, talk to the person who's supplying the, the, and I'll abbreviate to EDC so that we don't have to say enclosureless dust collector for the next hour, sure. um, who's supplying the EDC, ask them about ignition levels and make sure they fit with their local regulations. If you have to ask your authority having jurisdiction to make sure that they're okay with that type of system being used. Um, and that does specifically say in the standards about types of designs, including shakers not being allowed and those sort of things. Also, I think they have to be emptied manually every day. You know yes. that's right? Yes. That, that's quite, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Or more often in case that you have more, more flow. So, but, but I mean, I, I would say that in terms of this dust collector, compared to another dust collector, at least the company I work for use the same kind of bag. So there's no difference in the emission rate from, from an enclosureless dust collector to like a full-size dust collector, the, the normal explosion venting and things like that. I guess these ones, I mean, if you had the dust collector, it would normally be emitting outside where an enclosureless one would be emitting inside if you have it located in. Uh, you're from Halifax, and, and I guarantee you they will, in the winter time, return there to the building. So it's typically returned to the building uh, in, in the colder climates. It's only down south here that you may find uh, people that just discharge it up because it's a tremendous amount of air volume that you're recycling around. Yeah, really good point. This is what happens when you run live. Sometimes you, uh, you say not the right things, but I'm happy to have Niels here to correct me. <laughs> and we did get a comment that the the regulation for the UK there is the HSG 258 um, by the Health and Safety Executive in the UK. So a couple questions around. So I think we already covered this, but I'll somebody asked it again. So we'll just double. I'll double back to it. Can enclosureless dust collectors be used for metal dust? Is there any allow allowable use there? No, not, not at all. And like I say, the 484 simply disallow them. And it makes sense, you know, because it's a whole different ballgame to deal with metal dust. Okay, perfect. I got a couple of questions around incorrect use, but I'll, I'll intersect here first with a story of a product that we did. So uh, this is, I think we covered it in episode 43 of the podcast, a review of OSHA combustible dust citations in 2018. We had a student from Dalhousie University go through all the citations uh, from OSHA for the general duty clause that were listed under the National Emphasis Program for combustible dust. That was a mouthful, but a bunch of the combustible dust citations. Enclosures dust collectors were brought up quite a bit, so OSHA was going out and citing companies on these type of systems. And the common issues they were citing on were location too close to workers, having units too close to each other. Uh, if you have, you know, four, if you have two of these that are right beside each other, both the maximum volume, then, then, uh, well, I'll let me actually, that's going to be a question for Neil. I'm going to hold the answer to that and we'll give that to Neil in a second. Use on Sanders was mentioned, was uh, cited against and static ignition on the ducting. So they were brought up quite a bit in OSHA, at least in 2017, 2018 were citing on the, the incorrect use of some of these systems. Sure. So, uh, of course, the regulation does say that the collector must be placed 20 feet from equus or any place normally occupied area. So that means, you know, you have the operator at, at the machine at the saw, you have to have the collector 20 feet away. The other part, if you have more than one collector, those, again, have to, of course, follow the same rules, but also be 20 feet apart. 
Now, we do know that when you look at the enclosure's dust collector, the dollar per CFM that you invest in that collector is quite a bit lower than if you have a full uh, fridge system. And there is companies that buy multiple of these and install them. The issue there is that it's almost impossible for them to keep up with keeping them emptied and clean. So it is not our recommendation to have more than a, than a few of them installed in, in, a, in a space. So uh, that, that's, I think, a lot of that what you have, what, what OSHA has seen about. You also talked something about the static electricity on the duct, or was that what you saying? Yes, the inlet duct to uh-huh. the dust collector not having, not being grounded and bonded. Okay. Typically, there is a ground in it because they usually have electrical uh, connection there. The motor is mounted directly to it. So, again, that could be a certain brand that may not have that and that has some flexible connection. Okay, thank you for that. Going to go through fire protection. We have some questions on that. And then fan location and fan requirements because we have a, a number of questions I'm going to try to sort through and, and get them yeah. in, a, in a good order here. But let's start with the other side first. We have, okay, NFPA 664 indicates that it's best practice to provide sprinklers um, above the unit. And the, the question is, are these done inside the plenum or how do you actually go about protecting these from a fire protection standpoint? I mean, the note about that in 664 is in the annex. And of course, annex is not a prescriptive requirement. It is a recommendation to say, okay, this is the possibility is to have that. So it would be a question for the uh, sprinkler professional to uh, to do that. And uh, again, this, depending on the design of the collector, it may have to be inside where the bags are. It's basically where you're going to most likely to see a fire happening. And uh, so, so, but it, it's definitely, definitely be uh, something that the sprinkler professional will have to be giving you a, a, a clear answer to. Okay, and if there are any other questions on the, the fire protection side, I know I saw a couple of them go by. And if we haven't answered them in that, then, then ask it again and I'll make sure they get asked as well. On the, the fans, I know because I've had this conversation with some folks, we've had it inside the SAD Academy before. But I think we're going to spend a bit of time talking about this. And I did get some folks sending me through some specific questions on the fans. So I think we'll start really general. Where is the fan and how is it used for enclosureless dust collectors? And then we might have some follow-up questions on, on more specific things. Sure. So I know there's a lot of, I would say, hype around the fans. And... Oh, it's so awful. Uh, I mean, a boat could get into the fan and send out sparks. Uh, I actually did some testing here in, in the shop, and we were throwing bolts and nuts and things like that into uh, into the fan, uh, which was a steel-bladed fan. And it was hard to see any sparks coming out, just a foot or two up from, from the fan. So... In those parts, even that comes out, has so low energy that it's very unlikely to cause any damage, uh, I mean, any fire. I mean, you, you again have to have a certain amount of energy. And, and generally, when we're talking sparks, it's multiple sparks that has to be generated in order to actually generate enough energy to even initiate the fire. Uh, so so that, that's a one point there. 
Now the 654, again, they have added some additional things there because of this is what the, the committee could get to agree on. That that's the unfortunate part sometimes. It is some influence in the committee that just is out to one side. I mean, they could as well use the same standard, but they do require that to be a, a spark resistant fan that you're using on the inlet. Most or all fans are generally mounted directly on the plenum, inlet plenum of the enclosure dust collector. Okay, and, and that was a question we had in, is that do the fans need to be certified as having non so the, there's there's a couple of cases, right? Something gets sucked into the fan and banged around. But the fan itself, does it have to be rated? And the question was similar to EN14986. So are, are those fans themselves rated to be non-sparking and that sort of thing? I mean, it, it's not necessarily a rating question. It is a design question. You have ABC. So generally, uh, a, a C fan is one that has maybe uh, provisions for that no metal touch. A, a B fan has maybe a, a sparkless wheel, for instance, aluminum wheel. And then the A fan is totally sparkless. Basically, I think it is calling for a B-style fan. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm not sure how familiar... I mean, I know you're, I know you're extremely familiar with the NFPA standards and guidelines. We do have some pretty specific questions on NFA 664 and specifically the section on fans and blowers. And so I just want to walk through it. I'm not sure we're going to be able to answer it all. And to be honest, I looked today and I couldn't figure out what the section was trying to say. Um, so I'll go to the last part and then we'll maybe walk through some of it. But the section says fans and blowers shall be permitted to be located in accordance with such, such, and such. So they can be on the clean side of the dust collector check makes sense and it has a coupled use case where it can be on the upstream side so the dirty side and then the last one says it can be used upstream of enclosureless dust collectors in accordance with 9.3.3.2.5 i think it is a typo because yeah the headline the, the number there goes back to the headline for that section fans so uh, no, there's something missing there. Because one other thing in the appendix is say, okay, if you you may not install a sprinkler system in the system, but one option you can use is to put in a spark detection system. Now, of course, the spark detection system to be ultimately correctly installed, not correctly, but the best precision. Again, back to the fan, I'm not so sure the fan is really that often an issue. Uh, but is to have it between the fan and the filter. And that means you have to have actually 30 to 35 feet of ductwork before that. So in many applications, it's just not practical. But because it is sparks we're looking for, you know, then having an upstream spark detection system is definitely not a bad idea. Okay, perfect. I, and some people had asked me specifically emailed me said do you understand can you t can you explain to me what this is and normally i can but so I, there may or may not be a typo in that specific phrase there oh yeah it is absolutely a typo because you refer to the headline which is okay good well if anything you take that you can take that away from this uh this ask me anything session if you get confused don't spend four hours trying to figure that out if you're sure. looking at nfa 664. Yeah. And so we're going to close off today's session of the podcast there for this Ask Me Anything session on enclosureless dust collectors with Niels Peterson. 
at the end there, we were talking about some of the, the information in FPA 664 and how there's actually a typo in there that was a little bit misleading for folks. And we had a number of questions come in at that time. It's important to notice or note, I guess, from this Ask Me Anything session that this is a recording from about two years ago. So some of the information may be outdated, may have been superseded by more recent editions of NFPA standards. And certainly as we move forward to NFPA 660, where a lot of this information is going to be combined into one document. But I think it's still very valuable to get these insights from an industry-leading expert on EDC's use, on their limitations, on other topics around this, about using them in conjunction with other technologies and other systems. I hope you found it valuable. We're going to come back here next week and jump into the second half of this Ask Me Anything session where we start to go into things like band sizing requirements, inspecting of ducting, technologies to determine things like pressure drop across bags, load sensors, spark arresting equipment, tramp metal magnets, um, use in conjunction with cyclones, and use in conjunction with barriers to reduce the 20-foot distance limit. Those are all different types of questions that we had come in during the session that we answer next week's replay of of this podcast episode. So if everyone has a, a safe and productive week ahead, as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And I appreciate everything you're doing in industry handling combustible dust, making them safer with the work that you do with therapy day. Keep it up.